This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Heather Moog. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, well, hello and welcome back to the Behold podcast, everybody. As you heard, this is Sean and Dan and the one and only Heather Moog. Say hello, my friends. Hello, hello. What's up, everybody? Now, uh, we have to address this because now it's out in the open. Big secret that's been kept amongst the VBC community, Heather Phillison. I'm pregnant. What? <laughs> She's podcasting for two. It's Mind true. Blown. There's four in this party. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah. How are you feeling? Tell us about yourself. Yeah, feeling good. Uh, 13 weeks along and it's starting to feel more pregnant. It's getting more real, you know, as the belly grows. So that's fun. And yeah, we're just super excited for baby Moog coming November, Lord willing. A mini Moog. Yes. Nice. And uh, any any name ideas or, or uh, any gender information? I, I, I hear that the, <laughs> there's a secret going on. Don't here. ask me. The, we're keeping the gender on the download for a few more weeks. Okay. So the great thing is that you can name it Sean it. or Shauna. Either one will work. So there you well, go. Well, we'll try to um, we'll try to you know catch you up and and have you slip slip up and and share the gender <laughs> on this podcast because we like to be a news breaking podcast here, and so. Um, you better keep your head on a swivel because we're going to oh, try to get you to slip up okay. and, and accidentally tell, toes. spill the beans. Oh, spill the gender beans. The gender beans. Well, yeah, well, we're excited about uh, this podcast this week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And if you're tracking with us, you know, we're in our tested series going through the book of Second Timothy. And yeah, Charlie, bringing the fire. Although before we get started, we have to address this. Who in their right mind on a Sunday morning, given any sermon, thinks it's a good idea to talk about Santa Claus? That is such a war zone. It's there's dead bodies everywhere. You know, on that. dangerous. Yeah, you know, one time. So for those of you that didn't know, uh, it, well, and if you were if you went to first service and you weren't at the second service, which is kind of a new thing for us, we're, we're getting back into our our two service grind here. Mm-hmm. Um, but Charlie made an analogy because uh, we were talking about the Holy Spirit and. And uh, he said, you know, it's not like Santa Claus. It's better than Santa Claus because Santa Claus isn't real. And uh, and there was just a collective gasp around the room. Uh, yeah, I, I for one, you know, uh, we, in my house, we try to tell our kids that Santa isn't real. Uh, but, you know, we try to tell them, hey, some people think he is. It's kind of a fun thing. But no right. matter how hard we try, they still think he's real. That's amazing. <laughs> or they act as if he's real, you know. Um, but, yeah, so it was just, it was just a, I think as soon as Charlie said that, he was like, Oh crap! <laughs> well, he said he said it's not like I mean Santa's not even real, and then he immediately said, or or I mean or he is real. And you moved on. So if you're listening, he said it both. Is he real or is he not real? You decide. The choice is yours. Yeah, choice is yours. But uh, if sorry to any parents out there that have had to have some tough conversations with their kids this <laughs> week, if you went to second service, so apologize for that. Wow. Uh, yep. Anyways, so that aside, we forgive you, Charlie. Your grace is given. But anyways, man. He doesn't he, listen to this podcast. It's fine. It's, <laughs> yeah, he's never done that. Uh, he, but he brought the fire, you know, talking about the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're talking about today, just the Holy Spirit indwelling and enabling us in, in so many ways. So maybe just right off the bat, as you guys were listening to Charlie and 
mentally getting over the Santa comments, what are some of your first impressions and some of the, the, the first kind of takeaways as you listen to this chunk of Paul's words mm-hmm. to Timothy? I think the main thing I took away was just that we need to rely on the Lord and the, you know, specifically the Holy Spirit um, and have faith rather than our own works, which is a good reminder because it's so tempting to think that, you know, I can earn God's love or favor um, by adding to my faith, but I can't, you know, I'm not adequate in myself to, you know, to save myself or to even transform myself. It's all the Lord. So that was my big takeaway overall from this message. Yeah, that's great. And one of the things for me that I've really been enjoying about this series is, you know, this letter to Timothy is kind of, it's kind of shorter, right? So we can, we can really take our time going through it. Um, and so really like on Sunday, you know, as we're going through second Timothy, we only looked at two verses, right? From second Timothy. Yeah. But, but like we've been doing in this series, it kind of gives us an opportunity to, to maybe, um, dig a little deeper into, you know, a theme or, or a concept that is introduced by Timothy or by Paul to Timothy. Um, and so, you know, in verse 14, he says, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit that is entrusted to you, right? And then so, so okay, let's pause and let's talk about what does this spirit indwelling look like? And, you know, I just, I just love that we've been able to, I don't know, do that. It's a kind of a little different, you know, we, we can look at a couple of verses from this letter and then dig a little deeper onto, you know, some, some different um, themes and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I just, it's such an important conversation for us to have because as our human nature is, you know, we, we like to um, be, we like to be in control. <laughs> we like mm-hmm. to, we like to know, you know, that, that we can do it. We like to, uh, you know, have, have the power in our hands Yeah, and that's not the Christian life. You know, the Christian life is, is, is a life of, of God working through us. And that's where, that's where the power is. And, and I loved how Charlie, you know, just talked about it in such simple, relational, biblical terms, because I think a lot of times when we talk about the Holy Spirit, or, or maybe we don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough, but when we do, it, it tends to be this kind of mystical, kind right. of like nebulous kind of experience. Like, how does the Holy Spirit work in our life? And Charlie did a great job of just, you know, talking about it in biblical terms and say, hey, this is actually, it's supernatural and it's powerful and it's wonderful, but it's it's actually pretty simple, mm-hmm. the way God wants to influence our life and work through us. So, yeah, I really love that. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it is nice to just be able to think of it in like tangible terms, because especially, you know, just co- church culture right now in Western like society, it does vary so much. Like some churches lean so heavily on the Holy Spirit and it means something different when they talk about it than what we're intending to say, or even what Paul might be saying in this. So it's important to define the terms here. And yeah, I like how you brought up that we're talking about faith versus works, mm. which I guess prompts an interesting question. Like when when they're talking about works, the works of the law... I think we kind of understand what they're meaning by that and following the law before Jesus came and all those different rules and things that had to be doing, things like circumcision, et cetera. But what does that look yeah. like for us today? You know, what are our what are our forms of works? What are what are Christian works these days? Yeah, because people aren't being aren't running around uh, worrying about getting getting circumcised right. <laughs> um, in their adult years. Speak uh, for yourself. You know, or another issue at the, that that they were dealing with was. <laughs> certain foods, right. That were unclean or, 
um, certain foods that were that had some some baggage, you know, some some connection to uh, the pagan or whatever. And so there, you know, there were these different rules and regulations and rituals and things that that God's people, you know, for for generations were required to follow. And now you have Gentiles coming to faith, right? And then you've mm-hmm. got um, people that grew up that way, but now they've put their faith in Jesus and, and they're living by the spirit. And, and so, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I also really loved about what we talked about on, on Sunday was just the freedom of it. You know, that there's, there's, um, there's a power, but there's also a freedom in in living. And yeah, so, so I, I think some of the things that can happen for us that we try to, (laughs) I don't know, like we said earlier, like box, it's box, Christian box checking. Mm-hmm. You know, we've have these Christian to-do lists, like even something as, um, I don't know, as good and, and pure and, and, and beautiful as like a quiet time or like a devotional hour or, wh- or whatever can become kind of, uh, a works-based religious duty. Right. Right. Um, so that's one thing that comes to mind for me. Yeah. I think also like serving, or service, you know, ministry can become um, works for sure. Like, okay, I'm just going to say yes to this opportunity or to this thing, not necessarily because the Lord is calling me to, um, but because it's an opportunity that came up that I just, I feel like I have to do it. So um, I think sometimes that can become like, okay, I'm just going to do this because it's the right thing to do, not necessarily to please the Lord or to please someone else, which isn't, which isn't good either. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad we're bringing this up because I could just imagine someone listening right now because even on this podcast, we've given so many calls and charges to like serve, serve, serve. Right. And then you're like, hold up a second. You told us to serve. Now you're telling us we're, we're box checking you for serving, mm. which I think it, it points to the fact that what we're talking about is more of an inward conversation, right? It's an it's a matter of heart and perspective and attitudes. Mm-hmm. And that kind of points me to Charlie's first of his five inventory questions that he brought up about the Holy Spirit. And his first one was, it was, does Jesus and his cross dominate your personal life? And I think about that, and I think that that same thought process can really apply to everything we're talking about. Like your example of quiet time or a prayer, you know, if we're doing that out of a pursuit of just doing our weekly thing and checking the box, then of course, like that, that, that's, that's on the end of us viewing that as works. But if we're doing that with a mind and heart that's dominated by Jesus and the work he accomplished and with a heart that wants to to thank him and praise him, all that kind of stuff, then it's not, right? And so isn't it the same with all these things, with serving in ministry, with with being in a small group or connect group, whatever it is. It's just the question of motivation and focus, you know, which, Dan, you brought up a great point about just where our minds are at and where our hearts are at as far as as we're doing all these things, are we setting our minds on things above or things of this world? Do you want to elaborate a little bit? Yeah. So when I was listening to Charlie talk about just these inventory questions and about the spirits indwelling. He he obviously took us to Galatians and there's some amazing stuff in chapters three and five and six and all throughout. But I, I thought about Romans eight and the first 11 verses mm-hmm. that just outline for us what life in the spirit looks like. And um, there's a real contrast you see in those first 11 verses. Uh, Paul is, is describing, he's basically contrasting those who live by the spirit versus those who live, you know, according to the flesh. And, um, there's this, there's this idea in there that, that Paul first introduces in verse five. And he says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. 
but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And then it goes a little, little deeper. It talks about some of the consequences, right? Because so, he says in verse 6, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. And just really kind of right off the bat, it's so striking. I mean, who in their right mind would would choose death between uh, freedom and, and, and life and peace, right? right? Um, yeah, so so then it kind of begs the question, like, what does it mean to set your mind on the things of the Spirit? Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be a great conversation for us to have right now. And And I really love, Sean, what you said, like, you know, if we're doing something out of religious duty or we're trying to earn God's favor or we're trying to earn people's praise or, you know, if our Christian life is about what we do, um, obviously that, that's, that's not good, right? Mm. That's not, that's not living according to what the spirit is, 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 is doing in us. Like even, even, um, Charlie said, like, you're, 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 you're silly in Galatians three, you know, verse three says you began by the spirit. So why are you now trying to be perfected by the flesh? Right. Right. So we all kind of, it's a human thing that we struggle with. And as Christians, it's no different. Right. But does that mean that we stop doing those good things, those good works? No, because the Christian life, you know, God calls us to good works. He calls us to serve. He calls us to abide in him and, and to, you know, um, spend that time with him. He, he, he calls us to, to make choices and to live a kind of life that's different than, than the world. Right. So I really think as we look at this whole life by the spirit thing, and we focus on setting our minds on the spirit, I almost feel like that's, that's kind of like the way that we, um, protect against our good works being, you know, to earn God's favor or, or, or to, to, for some kind of status thing. Right. Mm. So, so let's kick that around a little bit. Like what, what do you think it means to set our minds on the spirit versus set our minds on the flesh? Yeah, no, it's a, I think it's a good and like a deep and we could talk about this all day, you know, but you know, I just think about that, that process we're talking about of good works. And like you said, Dan, it's like, of course you don't, we don't stop doing those things. But I think it just prompts the question of like, it's almost like the chicken versus the egg, which one's coming first here. Hmm. And I think a lot of times when we're talking about people pursuing works over just honoring the Lord, they're trying to get the result without going through the cause and the work of it. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like if you're trying to bake a cake and you just threw all the ingredients in a bowl and you're like, oh, why isn't this a cake? You know, (laughs) because you're trying to skip to the end. You're not doing the process that was laid out for you. And I think with the Holy Spirit, it's the same way. You know, I don't don't know if the Holy Spirit being the oven works well for this analogy, but but still, there's the point is. We're doing these things and the Holy Spirit is producing your works in us, right? We're not just doing it to do it. Holy Spirit is producing our works in us. And so I think yeah. that we've talked a lot about on this podcast already about this process of you know renewing your mind and hearts and spending this quiet time in prayer. But again, I think it just uh, it comes down to focus. It comes down to focus and what what you're doing with that time and even just asking yourself, you know, going back to that question of, is the cross dominating your personal life? Was it dominating your heart and your mind? You know, is the Holy Spirit dominating your heart and your mind? And unfortunately, we were just talking about this before the podcast. I think at Western church in general, and ours, I think probably this is true too. We just don't talk or think about the Holy Spirit enough. You know, if we really trust that Jesus and, and God gave us the Holy Spirit for us to be enabled to do his work every single day, 
then of course we're not at all talking about or looking towards or in, or, or acknowledging the Holy Spirit enough. Um, so even just asking yourself that, like, man, do I ever do that? You know, do I ever pray to the Holy Spirit? Do I ever ask for the Holy Spirit's help in a difficult situation? Or do I ever mm-hmm. consult the Holy Spirit to guide me with decision making? All that kind of stuff. And I think as you do this, it's not a super like formulaic black and white, oh, you're setting your mind on the Holy Spirit. But as you do that, it just it, it, it informs or I guess you should say it reveals that you have a posture that acknowledges and, and is inviting the Holy Spirit to guide your life. Mm. Which then I think, going back to the cake thing, that's that that's that cooking process. And then the cake is just a natural, natural, pro, natural product of that process. You know, and we're talking about Bible study and serving in ministry and all prayer, prayer life, whatever it is. All these things are just are just natural fruits and outpourings of your own personal life and your personal attitude towards the Holy Spirit and towards Jesus. And it's really interesting. It's interesting because you said you know started that whole thing off like it, the ch- with the chicken and the egg kind of thing. Like, um, you know, does d- does the does the setting our mind on the spirit happen first and then the works come or do we do the works? And then while we're doing the works, we kind of ask God to change our heart or whatever, you know? And, and it's kind of an interesting conversation and, and, and maybe it's not helpful to totally like nail it down, but you know, I really do think that when you read through the gospels and when you read through um, Paul's letters, you know, and, and just the whole new Testament, you see that this life with God is an inside out, kind yeah. of life. Right. And, um, yeah. And it's, and it's really interesting. Like, um, Paul, even in Acts 16, I was just reading about Paul, actually there, there's a record of him encouraging Timothy to get circumcised like later, you know, he was like later in his life, you mm-hmm. know? And then now we have, we, we read about in Galatians where man, things had taken over so much that, that there was this really that the enemy had used this, this kind of like, works-based kind of faith, this Jesus plus gospel plus kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know, theology, it's gotten so infiltrated into the church in Galatia that he's like, he ha- he comes in guns blazing. And he's like, no more, you guys got to drop it, you know? And, and I think for us, like, even, even when you read in Galatians and he talks about the fruit of the spirit, which is a, you know, a very famous passage, right? But it's like, okay, this is the evidence that, that the spirit of God is working in you. You know, there's peace and joy and patience and goodness and self-control and all these things. Right. Mm-hmm. But so easily that can become uh, legal, uh, legalistic. Right. And it's, and it's just about us kind of following these rules as opposed to, no, it is for freedom. You've been set free. And so I think just constantly coming back to that, to that inward experience of, of God, um, through his spirit and through his word, like changing us. And then whatever we do on the outside flows from that. Um, yeah. So any other thoughts, Heather, kind of like on this, this idea of like setting our mind on the spirit and and just kind of living from the inside out. I love all of what you guys said. And it, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, one thing that I was took away when I was thinking about this is just the fact that we have to know the gospel, we have to know truth in order to set our mind on things of the spirit, right? Mm. And and that's something that's ongoing. We continue to do it as believers. I think we can often just think like, oh, the gospel's for salvation. And yes, it is, but it's also for all of our life and for sanctification. And I've, I've been meeting with a friend and we're, we've been talking about this and just learning how it can apply to every um, facet of our lives. And 
And we see in this verse the um, ramifications of, of not doing that. You know, the Galatians were deceived by these false teachers because they came in and I, th- I think it's safe to assume they, they weren't reminding themselves of the gospel, right? Paul says, like, who has be- bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? Charlie said, it's like Paul was saying, don't you remember the message that changed your life? Like, you to- it's like you totally forgot <laughs> what I told you. <laughs> it's, it's like I preached to you and, and you received it and they were professing this faith but then they totally forgot it. So just, you know, to apply that to our lives, um, we got to know the gospel and and remind ourselves of it often. Well, I think it's such a great point because how many times we talk to people like friends or, or people that we're mentoring or, or family members or whatever, where they, um, they're experiencing some kind of like, I don't know, um, they're stuck in their old patterns of sin or they're, or they're, they're feeling um, the guilt and the shame of, of past sins or, or they, or maybe they, you know, um, they missed the mark in some way in life that, you know, they, mm. they, they failed and sinned against God or they let somebody down or, or something broke or fell apart in their life. And when we're talking to them, it almost seems like their, their, their language is reflecting a belief that that God is disappointed or that God is, is punishing them or he's withdrawing or, you know, sometimes I think when we, when we sin, we, we think, oh man, like I got to let God cool off. He's mad. You know, I gotta, Mm. I have to like, you know, earn back his, in his good graces or whatever. And, and that's just not what the gospel is, you know? And so just to remind them like, Hey, remember it is by grace you've been saved. It is not by work so that no one can boast. It's not about what you do. That that brings about, you know, salvation and and obviously we want to live a life that responds to that to that free gift of of grace. Exactly. And we want to continue to grow and we want to continue to respond and and walk in obedience and and it is the spirit of God that enables us to do that. But it's so easy for us to fall back into this this mindset of like, well, if I'm not doing well, you know my salvation is in jeopardy. Or if I, if I've sinned, you know, God is mad at me or, or distant or whatever, you know? And, and so, yeah. So in those, in those cases where we're, we're trying to live a workspace faith, the gospel is so essential and we need to preach that to each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and like, man, that, that scenario you're describing with that person who's like broken and hurting. I really think that's one of like Satan's greatest successful traps right now in, in our current culture it's just this idea that like if I'm not doing good, I shouldn't be involved, I shouldn't be plugged in. And it's like so heartbreaking because it's the total opposite, you know. Yeah. Like we've just went through that whole together series. That's just the importance of doing life together. And but you hear that all the time, just that person who's depressed or struggling or whatever, and like, oh, I don't want to come around, I don't want to help out, I don't want to whatever. And of course, it's like if you're living in sin or, or whatnot, yeah, you shouldn't be in a leadership position. But still, it's like what you need is to be with people, to be – like we're talking about, reminded of the gospel, reminded of these things. But unfortunately, man, Satan is so cunning in just isolating people and kind of keeping them at bay, uh, which is, is pretty sad. But anyways, all I have to say, man, so true that the gospel needs to be alive with us daily and not this kind of like one time like way back when, you know, oh, yeah, here's my two-minute testimony from when it is. But man, just man, we've been transformed alive, you know. I think like – I was, as you guys were talking, I'm just thinking about this whole like works versus faith thing. And it's kind of interesting because I think that the three of us are even in a bit of a more unique situation compared to a lot of listeners because 
we're all on staff, you know, at mm-hmm. a church. We all work in ministry. So then I think there's even an added component of not trying to see this as, you know, quote unquote works because it literally is works in some ways. <laughs> like we're, we're paid to do this. But at the same time, it's like it's not. It's ministry and it's serving. So I think it can be even harder for a lot of people serving in ministry to maintain that kind of attitude. And you see that all the time. You hear all the time of that pastor who's like burned out or, you know, we're reading a book right now as staff ordering your private world. And that's what the author is kind of describing. He's right. at, the, at, the, at the peak of his pastoral career, yada, yada, yada. And then he had this pivotal moment where he realized, actually, my personal life, my inner world is in shambles, even though outwardly it's doing good. So even though that's a pastoral thing, we're on staff, I think the same thing applies to all of us. As it goes, oops, dropped my phone. goes back <laughs> to that first point of Charlie's of just what is your personal life like? What's your inner heart, inner life like versus the outward? Yeah, maybe you're doing all the box checking, like Dan said. But what does your inside look like and in, in, as you pray and your attitudes and perspectives and, and all those kinds of things? So, yep. Good question to ask ourselves often. Yeah, and I, I want to come back to, to Hebrews 8 and, and verse 11. Um, he's just talking about, which is just so amazing. He says, if the Spirit of God lives inside of you. And hey, just a reminder, this is the same Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. Okay, so yeah. if that's true, if that spirit is living inside you, um, will he not also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you? And I, I love I love that picture because, you know, twice it's saying, okay, this is an inside thing. This is an indwelling kind of thing. But there's going to be some evidence of it on the outside as well. Right. And and I think. You know, even even when you look at some of the stuff that Charlie walked us through, you know, it's talking about, hey, walk by the Spirit, you know, and and you you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, right? So so he's talking about the things that show up on the outside, right? The choices we make, um, the the desires that we have that are against the Spirit. Um, there's this opposition between the Spirit and the flesh, right? So there, we have to pay attention to the exterior. We have to pay attention to the public world. Okay. But the, the power to live like godly righteous lives on the outside comes from this indwelling of the spirit mm-hmm. on the inside. Man. And so what happens, I think a lot of times for us is we, we're just not aware of that reality. And we, we want to pay attention to the things that are visible, the things that right. we can see, because that's where we get the immediate feedback. You know, that's where we have the control, right? And, but for us to take a step back and say, no, I'm going to make life about um, this this inward process of of keeping in step with the Spirit. You know, it's this, it's this intimate yeah. dance that, that um, you know, when you think about that term indwelling, I mean, it's like, it's, it's intimate, you know, it's, it's closer than our, than our breath closer than our, even our thoughts. Like it's, it's inside. And that's where the Holy Spirit wants to do his work in us. Um, and he wants to empower us to, to walk according to not the flesh, but to, you know, according to the spirit. So, so I think it's so, so important for us to, um, to tend to that, you know, that inside, um, stuff. And, you know, it's almost like, I I did not pay attention, uh, in math class at all in high school. Okay. Uh, Like I, I, most of my scantrons, I just put like C down the middle or like I made little shapes and stuff. I don't know how I passed high school. I'll tell you what, I don't know. It's 
by the grace of God. Yeah. But um, one thing I do remember is the order of operations. Do you guys remember this? Isn't it Pem, PEMDAS or whatever, right? Gee, you said you didn't actually. pay attention. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so so when you're when you're like doing algebra or whatever, you can't just willy-nilly start you know solving things or you know doing things uh however you want. There's a particular order to it. Mm. And I like thinking about our spiritual life in those terms that you know, if we just I don't know, if we I think the inside stuff comes first and then it overflows into the, the outside stuff. Right. And so if we just, if we just say, I'm going to make my life about running around and doing good works and loving people and serving and, you know, being a good witness. And if I make my life all about those things very, very quickly, not only am I going to make life about like a legalistic workspace pursuit, but I'm going to burn out. Because I'm not living from a place of strength, right? Mm-hmm. But if I, but if, but if I say I'm gonna, I'm gonna abide with Jesus and stay in His Word and be a person of praise and you know a person of devotion and love and and I'm gonna go meet Jesus in that secret place every day and like go to the well and get what I need. Like if that's what my life is about, then the external stuff is just gonna flow outward and it's just going to be like fruit growing on a tree. You know, that's why I love, Mm -hmm. that's why I love, you know, the, the, the fruit of the spirit analogy, right. Or or even Jesus talks about, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit, Yeah. right? A a vine or a tree doesn't have to tell itself, make fruit, make fruit. Oh, I hope I can do it. You know, (laughs) like, no, it's just, it stays connected to this life source. And then the fruit is a natural um, you know, process of, of growth. And it just, it just pops up, shows up. So, so like, yeah, I, th- I think the order of operations is important. Like, you know, I don't no, know. No, 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 absolutely. I love the idea, not even the idea. I love the truth that, that our faith is, is definable. You know, I love the idea that, that God has given us instruction in life and that there's a way things are meant to be. And of course there's some things that we don't know now that hopefully we'll learn eternity. We'll see. But there's things we don't know now, but there's so many things we do know now that God has given us clear words of, hey, this is what marriage is supposed to look like. This is what friendship and relationship is supposed to look like. This is what indwelling of the Holy Spirit should look like, you know? And it just kind of harkens back, like, earlier when you're talking about the freedom that this brings, I just love thinking about that, of just the freedom we have as Christians versus everyone else in the world, you know, because... But the great question everyone talks about, like, what is the meaning of life? You know, why am I here? Well, we know to know God and to make him known. Bam. You know, that's our, that's the reason why. And the how of that, like we said earlier, is the Holy Spirit. You know, if we're, if we're, if we're trusting God's word, then we need to acknowledge that the, how we're going to do this, how we're going to make him known is through the Holy Spirit. And I love, like you said, order of operations. There's a process here. And I even like thinking about the Holy Spirit as, you know, like our tool belt. You know, it's, it's how we're going to get it done. And I think about the process of like, say you're trying to build, I don't know, a house, you know, and and someone tells you, hey, the how of this is going to be your tools, your fasteners, your nails and all that kind of stuff. That's how you're going to do it. You could probably get pretty far without those things just by putting up the pieces and leaning them together and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, you might you might have this thing at the end that has this kind of approximation of what a house is supposed to look like. But then the wind blows over and it just falls apart, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people's spiritual lives are the same way. They're trying to do these approximations of of what healthy Christian life alongside Jesus should look like. But again, they're not using the pem- the order of operations, the yeah. PEMDAS. They're not engaging with the Holy Spirit to really be the one to produce those fruits. 
So then when the hard times come, people are just devastated and shaking and all that kind of stuff. And so I think that's one of the – maybe one of the takeaways now as you're listening to this is kind of like we talked about last week, rem- remembering God's promises, remembering the gospel, like you said, Heather, engaging with the Holy Spirit. Not only do you receive now just immediate blessings and freedoms and all those kinds of things, but it really will help you down the road. You know, It'll help you to weather the storm later and produce that, <coughs> that steadfastness that Scripture talks about a lot. Well, and I, th- I think it's such a great analogy because it's a um, it's a short circuit of a process that God has has designed for us. It's like we want the fast answer. We want the yeah. we, want, we want to have the house now. You my know? money, and I, I want it now. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just gonna yeah. throw it together, and it's like, yeah, I get, it. I get it. You, you know, you you read you read a, a, a passage, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, I get it, and then you just try to make it happen. You know, like um, here's another analogy. So. I've got a handful of vocal students right now. I teach I teach private music lessons and I've got some vocal students right now. And a lot of times what happens is people will come in with an idea like, I want to sing like Tori Kelly or mm-hmm. I want to sing like Lady Gaga or I want to sing like, you know, Adele, Adele or whatever, <laughs> right? You know, and, and they've got this picture in their mind of, of what they want their voice to sound like. And so a lot of times they, they just kind of shortcut right to that. And they try to make it, make their voice sound that way. Well, what I try to do is I, I try to deconstruct that and I just say, well, let's build like a good foundation. Like, let's teach you how to breathe right. Let's teach you how to sing with support. Let's teach you how to how to focus on diction and pitch and and just making things sound really clean. And then you can put style on top of that, you know? Right. And and then and and you can but but here's the problem is it's a it's a longer road. Yeah. It's like, you know, and I think it's that same way with our spiritual life. Like True transformation, true glory to glory transformation that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life. It just takes long. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time, you know, you got to kind of trust the process and like, you know, but I think so many times we want to be here, but God's like, no, I'm taking you glory to glory. You're going to get there eventually, but it's going to be from, it's going to be from a place of like health and power and the foundation will be strong. It's not going to get blown over by the wind. Man, I love that you brought that up just about the time thing. Cause I think going back to that person who's like hurting or living in sin or whatever, I just, I think so often a lot of us who are in that situation, if we're experiencing hardship because of some kind of sin, you know, we'll rack our brains and like, Oh man, what do I do? How do I, how do I get, how do I feel better? How do I do this? But in reality, like there's no get out of jail free card, you know? The reality is that this just is a process that takes time. Healing takes time, you know? And a lot of times, even with, like, relational kinds of stuff, you have drama in your friendship, whatever it is, like, we want the easy, immediate fix right now. And the sad reality is a lot of times there isn't an immediate fix. There is no mm-hmm. fix that's immediate. But there is one that's right. There's one that's good and healthy and all those things. It's just like you said, Dan, it, it takes time, and we just got to come to grips with that. Yeah. Or I think we would try and rely on our own strength, like, okay, what can I do, you know? like To fix this, yeah. I'm just going to try and, like, make the outside nice and neat and pretty, but it's harder to take that time and look inward um, and, you know, go through that process with the Lord, but it's so worth it. Well, yeah, and, and you read through the Gospels, and Jesus reserves some of his saltiest words for some of his, some of his harshest, you know, criticisms. Like, he lays the hammer down on people who on the outside are doing all the right things. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got the they've got the flashy clothes, they've got the long eloquent prayers, you know, they give all the money to the needy people. They're living this righteous pious life. Right. But on the inside, 
you're dead. Yeah. You know, and he calls them, he calls them whitewashed tombs. He says, you know, on the outside, you're clean. You know, it's, it's nice to look at, but inside you're just full of dead bodies, you know? Yeah. If you ever want to see Jesus go full salt bay on someone, (laughs) check out like Matthew 23 is a good place. Yeah. Yeah. All that woe to you stuff. Yeah. 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 And so, so it's like, I don't want to be on the, on the other end of that, Right. you know, and, and the, the reason why Jesus speaks in those terms that are so um, harsh is because he knows the futi- the futility of it, you know, and he knows that there's um, like what Paul says here in, in uh, Romans eight, like it, it only leads to death. Mm-hmm. Living that that works based flesh kind of existence, like no one can ever measure up to the perfect law of God, and so it's mm. only going to lead to death. So that's why we have to remember that this is not, it's not, um, this works based thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's a gift. It's a free gift of God. Um, and so that's why I, like, I love what Charlie ended with, uh, you know, is God doing all of this for you because you are so good and capable? <laughs> I love it. You know, and it's like, it's like obviously so, so self-evident, like it's, a, it's one of those questions. It's like answers itself, you know? Um, cause, cause I, cause I think. But here's the tr- the trap. I think sometimes we would say, obviously not. Like I know, I know that I'm I'm not good and capable compared to God. I know that I'm imperfect and flawed and all that. We know that up here, but we live di- like we like we think otherwise. Mm-hmm. There's a disconnect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that that reminds me of my brothers of a bunch, but um, well, a bunch of books actually. Ordering Your Private World is one of those books. Uh, eliminating hurry in your life. That's ruthlessly eliminating hurry. That's another one that I think a lot of times Satan's tactics are not to make us so obviously aware of that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, like you said, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we think we're good, but then we go back to living this like lukewarm kind of in between, not fully in, fully out. And yeah, so we just got to be aware of that. So, man, that's a, actually an interesting thing to think about when we're, when we're thinking about Jesus just destroying the Pharisees, you know? If Jesus was here and saw your life, what would he say to you mm. or to me or you or you, Heather and Dan? Um, and I think for a lot of us, mm. we like cringe thinking about that because we we have to acknowledge, yeah, he would lay into me for a lot of things. Um, so maybe that's a healthy thing for you to ask yourself of just, man, am I – which side of the spectrum am I on? You know, the receiving the salt bay spectrum <laughs> or the, man, Timothy, Paul, I'm so proud of you, that kind of thing. And of course we know when we're thinking about Jesus and his attitudes towards us, he died for us. Right? Like it's going to be out of a place of love. It's not like he's going to be, oh, you suck. I'm judging you, you know. But it's an important thing to ask ourselves of just Mm – because we have to acknowledge this isn't even hypothetical, you know. Like God is present with us every single day. It's not even like a what if. You say what if Jesus was here. Like he is here. I mean that's the whole thing of the Holy Spirit is Mm. like the spirit of Christ is is living inside of you. And and so do you ever make time and space to just say, okay, okay, spirit of God, like search me know me, see if I'm off in any way, yeah. uh, speak that to me and then lead me in the, in the path everlasting. It's like, you know, what David prayed at the end of Psalm 139. It's like, it's this very, it's this kind of like prayerful introspective thought. And, and, you know, with, with a, with an eye towards, um, being led by the spirit, you know? And, yeah. and I think when we're talking about Life by the by the, by the Spirit, staying in step with the Holy Spirit. Um, we have to make time for Him to speak to us, you know, and to convict us. I mean, when Jesus is telling His His disciples um, in uh, John chapter sixteen, like, "Hey, I'm going away," 
but I'm going to send you this helper, <laughs> this helper. It's going to be even better. Like, don't be mm-hmm. sad that I'm leaving you because I'm actually sending you someone who is going to be even closer than I am right now. And he's going to, he's going to lead you into all truth. He's going to convict the world of sin. He's going to be your comfort and your guide. Um, and, and he will do that, it, but we have to make space for it. Yeah. I love, it seems so obvious, doesn't it? Like I was just talking to a friend last night who's a newlywed and, you know, giving some husband advice and he's talking about a miscommunication that happened with his wife and he's like, oh, I just, you know, I don't understand why she thought this. Like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, did you ask her? <laughs> and he like, the light bulb went off. He's like, that's crazy. That's so mind blowing. You know, but it seems so obvious. Right, right. Of course, you're not going to understand what your wife thinks if you don't ask her. And of course, like you said, Dan, how can we receive the Holy Spirit's direction and convictions in our life if we're not making time to ask him? Yeah. And, and Heather, like, I'm curious, like, what does that look like for you? Like, you know, how, how have you, I'll kind of put you on the spot like Charlie did on Sunday in mm-hmm. our connect, in our connect groups. Yeah. That was a, that was a wild time by the way, but I'll kind of put you on the spot. Like what, you know, how, how do you hear from the Holy Spirit? Like, how do you experience his guidance and conviction and um, how is does that, that what's that look like for you? Is there like a phone number you can call? Or yeah, exactly. Yeah, we text often. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Callers are standing by. I love, it. I love it. I mean, really carving out that time. And we've talked about this before. I think last time I was on the podcast, we talked about journaling, which I'll bring it, I'll bring it back up because it is such a great tool to, um, have that time with the Lord and you really just got to do it. And, uh, it's, I've done journaling for years, and I I think just even being like, okay, I'm just going to take like three minutes. That's all I have, and the Lord uh, can do a lot with that. And, um, yeah, to answer Charlie's question, like one of the ways I've seen the Holy Spirit's work in my life is is this slow transformation that we've been talking about, and specifically for me um, in the arena of anxiety and just like experiencing victory over that, which has been so cool and just super thankful. And it's, it's something that I'm like, this is a hundred percent the Lord, because I've always been an anxious person. I've always been prone to being anxious and it it looked different in different ways in different seasons of life, you know, and there's uh, fears, fears are always going to come up, but I am more confident in the reality that I have the Holy Spirit with me. And, you know, like it said in second Timothy, like I do not have a spirit of fear, but one of power love and self-control. So, um, yeah, that's been a process that the Lord has been, has been working in me. And I, I really have to invite him in. Um, and when I don't, when I'm, when I'm busy, I, I see the effects of that yeah. when I'm too busy for the Lord. So, yeah. And, and, I, and I love that, that journaling thing. And, and I know some people listen and they say, ah, it's just not for me. You know, I'm not a touchy feely guy. I'm not a, yeah. Uh, I'm not a writer downer, you know, I, some I don't people, know how to read. So yeah, no, I've talked That's to some true. people, yeah. I've talked to some people that they, they don't for anything for school or nothing. They don't write anything down. And I don't just like, how do you even function? Um, but, but so here's the thing about journaling. Like you can do it in a way that fits your personality, Definitely. you know? And, and I, I think I've been convicted, you know, in my life that if I'm praying, and I don't have a pen in my hand or some way to write something down. Hmm. It's, it's almost like a, it's, it, it, it's a lack of faith because I'm not, I'm not expecting God to say something to me, you know, or I'm not, I'm not even going to care to write it down, to remember mm, wow. it, you know, yeah. because if you can't write it down, it, the odds of you remembering it is going to be very, very slim. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so it doesn't have to be like, dear journal, you right. know, today so-and-so said blah, 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 blah. And, and I know, Sean like, looked so cute in his, in his um, Birkenstocks hat. today. Yeah. I mean, it's you true. Know? It's true. But. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be like a journal like sometimes we think of, like kind of a fluffy kind of touchy-feely thing. Like it just, it's just like a space for you to focus and listen and then write it down so you can you can respond and act, you know? Yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. totally. And you just to clarify, like, of course, still pray without writing it down. It's not like it's not like those prayers are invalid. But I think, yeah, just the importance of having some kind of record, just how powerful that prayer journal can be. Yeah. Again, of having faith, but then also looking back later and seeing God's power in faithfulness and answering a lot of those prayers. Right. Like, it's just so powerful. Yeah, for me, like personally, when I journal, which I love journaling, haven't been doing it as much the last six weeks. <laughs> Thank you, Wendy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, for me, it's almost exclusively prayer. You know, it's it's almost never just my thoughts. It's either me praying to God about my hardships in that day or me praying to God asking for something or praying for other people, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's almost like less about the writing, you know. It's just that happens to be the mechanics through which I'm able to like be focused and alone and pray. Mm-hmm. And the, the writing is just like a, a symptom of that, you know, kind of thing. Chicken or the egg. Um, but yeah, just, it's so important. And I love how that you mentioned, it's just like, it could be three minutes is all you have. Right. And I know right. that a lot of us are thinking to ourselves, journaling takes so much time. We can never do it. I am convinced every single one of you listening, no matter who you are, has five minutes in your day. You know, when you get to work, I'm sure you have five minutes at some point in your right. day, you can pull out a pad of paper and, and just write a few sentences and prayers. And again, that, that idea of, like you said, Heather, like, oh, sometimes I, when I get too busy for the Lord, that's a lie, right? Mm. We're never too busy for the Lord, but we can feel that way. Right. Satan can yeah. tell us we're too busy for the Lord. So again, just calling out that lie right now for all of us of just we're never too busy to engage yeah. with the Holy Spirit. We just got to be intentional about it. Well, let me just say one other thing too, because I because I think it's it's both and it's it's those times extended or or brief or whatever where we're, we're focused in and that's what we're doing. You know, we're 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 abiding, we're resting, we're waiting, we're praying, whatever you, whatever you want to call that time. I feel like we all kind of know that kind of category of like being, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not a doing thing. It's a being thing. It's just being with God. Right. And, and we need to have that time set aside, even if it's only five minutes. Right. But also like, I love reading just, I'll give you guys a little challenge. Okay. So anytime you read a, a narrative in the Bible, whether it's an old Testament historical narrative or it's, uh, you know, what the apostles did in Acts or the Gospels or any of that stuff. I want you to just see if you can notice how many times there's a phrase like this, like the spirit of God moved so-and-so to do such mm. and such, right? So they're, they're not like, you know, sitting down in the quiet time, like having journal time, right. you know, <laughs> where the spirit speaks to them. They're just going about their day doing their life, you know? I mean, and there, and there's these crazy accounts of like people literally being like teleported, you know, to go talk to this one person. Or, you know, I was, I was just reading in Ezekiel 37 about, you know, um, the, the spirit of God talking to Ezekiel about the Valley of dry bones. And mm-hmm. and he says, Hey, prophesy to these bones and tell them that they're going to breathe again, you know, and that they're going to receive a life back. Um, and it's a picture of what I'm going to do for my people and so on and so forth. I mean, it, you know, Jesus was led by the spirit, you know, as he was going about his ministry in life. So we need those times set aside for sure. But then we need to stay in tune with mm-hmm. the spirit as he leads us throughout our day. And maybe that's a question you can ask yourself is like, 
is you, do you have a heart that's tuned in to what the spirit wants? Do you, or, or is your heart all throughout the day tuned into what the flesh wants? You know, are you get, are you getting these cues uh, to do, to make your choices throughout your day from the flesh or from the spirit? Right. And so just staying open and listening, like, I mean, have you guys experienced that where the Holy Spirit prompts you to go do something or, or, or reminds you of a truth that you need in a moment of, of stress or grief or chaos or whatever? I mean, have you guys experienced that like moment by moment influence and guidance and power from the Holy Spirit? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. This reminds me of um, you know, practicing the presence of God. Yeah. It's in the book we can link. Oh, yeah, just that, that attitude of like little breath prayers or just little connections with the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. we talk about practicing the presence of God. What are we talking about? We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's how we engage with and feel the presence of God. And so 100%. And in so many ways, whether it be like you said, you know, like when it says that the Holy Spirit's going to bring remembrance to us all things that Jesus <laughs> says, boom. That's exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Pulling scriptures to mind, bringing truths to mind, correcting lies, Satan's tempting us with whatever. Uh, convictions of attitudes. Like, tell you what. As a married man, I don't know how I'd do it without the Holy Spirit to, to spank mm-hmm. me into action sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and bring humility and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, just I, I think, like, I'm just thinking about potential listeners who are, again, in that season of busyness, you know, and feel like their plate's full. This reminds me of a couple of weeks ago we talked about this, of just um, the capacities we have sometimes and how busy we feel and how, like, full our plates can feel never too full for for the holy spirit and i feel like a lot of times in my own personal experience with people i know not only do we have time for it but really when we are in tune with the holy spirit constantly our plates feel so much bigger you know Mm. our capacity feels bigger our shoulders feel bigger and i think we develop that kind of steadfastness to some of these more worldly things we're talking about so yeah a lot a lot of ways that's awesome that's good all right man i feel like we've given a lot of a lot of charges here so just to recap a couple of them you know i think this all has to start from reflection in your heart, right? So just do a car, do a heart check, you know, just, just do some prayer and ask yourself, man, do I, do I acknowledge the Holy Spirit in my life? You know, if I do, what does that look like? If I don't, man, I need to. And again, like Dan said, reminding yourself, Jesus is present. God is present. The Holy Spirit's with you. And so what, what is, what is Jesus trying to tell you right now about your own heart and your own life that maybe you're not hearing because you're not in tune with the Holy Spirit? Uh, and then, yeah, maybe do some do some evaluation about what your days are looking like, what your weeks are looking like. Are you a box checker? You know, are you checking boxes and not doing it out of a pursuit of honoring the Lord? Are you not serving at all because you're feeling disconnected or you're feeling hurt, hurt and broken and all anxious and all those things? So many ways for us to grow. And I just to to put a a cap over all of that. That anything we I think we want to drive home. And like Dan said. There's freedom and grace in all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Like guilt and Amen. shame have no place in the family of God. And so have joy, delight in this, that God wants to partner with us in this process, that he gave us the Holy Spirit to indwell with us and give us freedom in all these kinds of things. I'm done. Dan or Heather, take us home. Yeah, just just on that, just right off that that freedom and grace and forgiveness, Jesus in, in, in John 15, and we referenced it earlier, and just, maybe just read John 15, 16, and 17. I mean, it's just so, it's so good just to talk about this life with God that, that we have that we're just, we've been describing for on this podcast. But I love what he says, you know, just about the abiding process that he wants us to, to, to engage with him, you know, and that word abide, it, it literally means like home, you know? Mm. And what Jesus is saying there is, I'm at home with you because of what, 
I, you know, the, the forgiveness that I offer through faith in me and through my, my finished work on the cross, like you are forgiven. And so I, I look at you in that way and, and I, I welcome you in that way. And I, I just want to commune with you. I just want to sup with you. That's what Jesus, that's what Jesus is saying. I want you to feel comfy and at home in my presence. So, so it's really helpful for us to know that, that that's Jesus's perspective towards us. And so he wants us to respond in kind. He wants mm-hmm. us, he's saying, I'm comfortable with you. You be comfortable with me. And so just remember, like when we fall short of, of this perfect standard that God has set for us, when we walk in rebellion or disobedience or, or we act carelessly or foolishly, or we fail in some way, like we're forgiven. And so we can, we can relate to Jesus in that way and, and really walk in that forgiveness and so that's my encouragement to us is just, mm. just be comfy with Jesus. I love it. Get your pajamas on <laughs> yeah, if exactly. you need to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's great. I, I don't have anything to add to that because that was – so, yeah, just go do it. Wow. Go read John, John 15. S- speaking so. of indwelling, how is she doing? Good. She, yeah. Blink, she? blink once for yes. <laughs> blink twice for no. He, and or she. No, not and. That would be two. That just would, uh, one. There's or, just one. Biblical. Or only. <laughs> or maybe, yeah. Or unless, hey, twins. Only. Are you got twins in there? Or no, no, just one. Are you sure? That's pretty positive. Are you breaking news here? <laughs> no. <Are> you... <laughs> she didn't say no when I said she, so let it be known. Anyways. We, uh, are, we are taking, there's a pool going. We are taking bets. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, so get in your submissions. Uh, the, the pot is growing. Stay tuned. Yeah. I'm going to guess it's going to be a girl. Because I want to be, I used to say boy. Now I'm saying girl. It's actually selfishly. I want it to be girl, so she can be friends with Wendy. But we'll see what happens. They can still be friends if she's. That's what I said. That's true. But then they have to like get married, which is also. Anyways, Uh, all right, y'all. Man, thanks for joining us this week. We hope that it's uh, life giving and fruitful for you. Just really quick, if you're listening to all this and you don't know Jesus as your savior, please hit us up. Text any of us. You can get our info on the website. Email behold bbc.online. Because we'd love to talk to you. You know, I know that this could come off as like a lot to work on and like a big ladder ahead kind of thing. But we just want to say a big disclaimer, man, the freedom and grace and joy that comes from living life with Jesus is so much better than without. And even as we're doing this and growing and being developed in all that stuff and being stretched, man, there is nothing better than living life God's way. Amen, y'all? Amen. Bingo. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Check in with you next week. All right, bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.